have a chat this morning, you know, and, and this week I, I sat in my office um, just reflecting on the year. And I think we all have gone through um, a little bit of a reflection over the last year because it's actually been Saturday. But um, I, I sat at my desk this week and I thought to myself, I wonder how we would have coped or would we have coped if God told us in advance what the next 365 days are going to look like. You know, I think if we to really think about this, I mean, if really this morning had to take a minute and we had to think about what we've been through in the last 365 days, 360 days, how many of us at the beginning of this believe we would have made it? And it's bad, it's because the things that we thought were impossible, I mean, shutting down international sport. <laughs> think about it. I mean, it's the worst thing that could have happened. I mean, the soccer players, they can play, I don't mind, they can get over. I don't mind soccer, we don't want soccer. But they, you know what I'm saying, they locked down that, they locked down churches. I mean, in your wildest imagination, did you ever think that churches would be locked out? That we would be locked, confined in our homes for more than a month at a time? I mean, just when I thought about it, I thought, God, how amazing have you been that in a sense we journeyed this thing? And look, some of us have come out better, some of us have come out worse after this. You know, some of us are less not this a lot calmer. And some people are a lot more aggressive coming out of this thing. And each and every person has been so different. For some people I speak to them, they say to me, Kurt, it's been the best thing that has ever happened to my family. And yet other people, the divorce list is this long. You know, they've never spent so much time on their wives in their lives. And it's a real thing. It's a real thing because I think we have been so challenged in this last year. We've been challenged in our relationships. We've been challenged in our relationship with God. I mean, before we could come here on a Sunday and go to two services. You know, Monday we'd go to Men of Honor. Tuesday we could go to Bible study. Wednesday we'd love to. Thursday we had worship practice. Friday was you. You know, Saturday was So we almost didn't even have to build a relationship with God because it was provided for us. And all of a sudden that was gone. And all of a sudden you and I had to seek God for ourselves. And, and many of us chose the easy way out. We just started watching online stuff, you know. We still didn't touch our Bible. We still didn't, you know, spend enough time in prayer. And, and so what happened was that all of a sudden we didn't. We did not spend time with God. But then we got to a phase where everyone got tired of online, everyone got tired of watching their cell phones, everyone got tired of watching. And, and, and slowly but surely, we started to get back into the Word of God. We started to get back into prayer time. Because I think every one of us, it doesn't matter who you are this morning, I believe that God is serving you for more of His Word, serving you for more time in His presence, more time in prayer. And it's been a real challenge for us at the end of the day because we want to become better than what we are and how we're going to see through and what we're going to go through in the, in the weeks to come. I don't think it's over by far, but I must say that I believe the church has done well. Not this church, the church in general has done well. I think we are in a place where people are desperately wanting to come back to church and say, you know what, we need the fellowship, we need to be together. And I think never before in our lives that there's scripture where the get not the gathering of the saints be more true. That we realize the absolute value that there is just not in family, but the value in gathering together and looking at each other in the face and saying, hey, how are you? You can phone as much as you want, but you never know what's going on the other side of the phone. You know, people say, oh, no, we're fine. Oh, we're good. We're good. And you really hear after you hear they fall into pieces. And so it's been a really tough year for, for most of us. Um, and a really good year for others. 
challenge you today. I, I, as I was just pondering this year, thinking about the craziness that's happened this year, I think all of us have experienced, I said it to someone this morning, I said, anything that could have gone wrong, went wrong this year. Amen? I mean, everything, everything possible that could have gone wrong, went wrong this year in so many of our lives. But haven't we learned so much from this year? You see, there's, there's two ways that you've got to look at this year. And it's other this, I said before. We either learn to become better, or we learn to become better during this time. And I think earlier on in this COVID stuff, I started to realize something that I want to come out of this process better than I went into it. You know, we, we, we next, on, actually on, on Wednesday night, or Wednesday, this church will be 21 years old. The 3rd of March, we will celebrate 21 years of ministry in church, which is done now. And the craziest thing is, is that basically we have to rebuild church all over again. If you told me 21 years ago that I'm going to build church for 21 years ago, and then after 21 years, I'm just going to smash it, and I'm going to pull it down to nothing, and then we're going to start all over again. I don't know if I would have started 21 years ago. But this is what God has been saying to us. And the more we spend time with God, the more we realize that things have to change. You see, the promise is that we become comfortable even in our bad habits before COVID. We became complacent even in our family lives. We complacent in our marriages. We became complacent in our finances. We became complacent in church life. We became complacent in every area of our lives. And all of a sudden, we've had a shake-up. And most of us threw our toys out the car and said, Oh, God, this is unfair. Why is this happening? What kind of body is this? And you can either come out of this process absolutely destroyed, you can come out of this process absolutely changed. And I want to challenge you to come out of this process absolutely changed. And maybe you haven't been changed, maybe you haven't been changed in the year, in the 365 days that we've gone through. But I really want you to look at yourself and say, you know something, what is it that needs to change in my life going forward? What it needs to change in my family going forward? Do I give up too much? Do I quit? What is it that I need to change in my life? And I've had to learn just to be a lot more calm in life. I've had to learn to walk a little slower and at times learn to speak a little bit slower. You know? Not often. But every now and again. And so there have been lessons for all of us as we journeyed this thing. And as I was thinking about this thing, I, I sat at my desk and I was reminded of the situation with Paul. And I'm, we're going to go there to Acts 26, 27, 28 this morning. I'm not going to read it to you because it's a really long passage, but I'm just going to pick up at some point. But basically, Paul gets arrested by, well, the Jewish people really report him as, you know, this, this heretic. Because they know Paul as the guy that was killing all the Christians, persecuting all the Christians. And now all of a sudden, he's preaching this new gospel of grace. And so the Jewish people decide they're going to have him, you know, um, arrested and brought before King Agrippa. And so he goes before King Agrippa, I think it's chapter 26. You can read there and, and give King Agrippa listen to the argument that Paul tells him the whole story. He says, you know, King Agrippa, I need you to listen to me in what it is that I've journeyed. And Paul tells him about how he used to persecute the Jewish people, how he used to have them arrested. He said, what time is it? I even voted for them to be persecuted and killed. He says, and then I was on the road to Damascus and I saw this light that changed my life forever. And I love that scripture because I was saying to Catherine this week, those of you that, that weren't here last week, we had no electricity last week. So like today we've got no fiber. So we're really excited about next Sunday to see what happens. Because every Sunday something goes down. But Catherine stood up here last week preaching. And although we could all see, 
Kathy couldn't see her, her page. And remember Kathy taking a photo, putting on her light, and actually starting to read like this. And as I sat down, I thought, like, wow, how many people read the Word of God, but don't have a light on it? Don't have an understanding of what they're reading. That it's only through the illumination of God and through the Holy Spirit that we truly understand what this Word says. And Paul says this, and he says, and a bright light came upon me, and he goes to him, but that he went blind. And you know, and he was put into a house, and the guard came and told him, and he had this massive Damascus Road experience. And King Agrippa looks around these people and says, there's actually no charge against this guy. What are we going to do about this? The problem is that Paul had already sent a letter to Caesar Augustus to ask to be acquitted. So Agrippa says, well, I can't, if I have to make the ruling right now, I will let this man go free. But because he's petitioned Caesar, he has to go to Caesar. And so in chapter 27, we start to tell the story about Paul and a couple of the, of the apostles, and they, they get put on the ship. And that's a long story, but bear with me. <coughs> they get put on a ship. And Paul starts at the beginning of the voyage, and he says, Guys, we cannot leave because this ship is not going to be favorable for us or for the ship or for the cargo. But the word says that the captain of the ship decides, you know what, he's rather going to listen to the sailors instead of listening to Paul, and they set out. And we know that you can read it in your favor, but right from the outset, storm after storm after storm after storm meets them. And the more the storms hit them, the more Paul says to us, we, we cannot do this thing, we cannot go down this road. This is not going to end well. And we find that in the last journey, as they have done, um, I, think, I think it's Creed or something, towards towards Rome, what happens is a massive storm incident. The word says that the storm carried on for 14 days. 14 days the storm carried on for. And what happened was eventually Paul stands up and he says to the guys, he says, I need to say this to you, that in the midst of the storm, Paul says, the angel of the Lord came to me last night. And he said to me that we would lose the ship and its cargo, but we will not suffer one scratch in all you can find. But we have to run and we have to be ship ready. And, 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 I, and I just sat and I thought about the thing. I thought, if, Paul, if somebody had told me in March 2020 that we were going to be fine, we were going to be shipwrecked, we were going to lose a hell of a lot of stuff, but we were going to be fine, I don't know if I would listen to him. Because to me, my life was fine before this. My life was great before. I thought my life was great before. And the word of God on and the storms keep battering them and keep battering them. After 14 days, Paul eventually calls the crew together. Now you've got to understand something. They'd already wrapped the boat. So what they call, they call it girding. So they would take rope and they would tie it around the ship. They would go underneath the ship, around. They would actually tie the ship together. If they touched the ship in the rocks, the ship wouldn't explode into pieces. And they'd gird the ship. They threw the supplies overboard. They threw the lightning overboard. Eventually, within the 14th day, they throw all the tackle overboard. Now, that's the stuff that makes the ship go. All the tackle, all the ropes, everything's overboard. What was that telling me? That they'd given up completely. They throw everything that they would need to carry on this voyage overboard. And the Word of God says that Paul calls him together and says, Men, for 14 days we have not eaten. For 14 days we haven't seen the sun. For 14 days we've been tossed about all over the place. Now we can eat. And the word says they were, I'm mean, speaking a correction, but I think it was 260 odd sailors on board. And the word says that Paul breaks bread in the midst of the storm. He breaks bread and he says, he blesses it. He says, Lord, be with us. And he starts to feed. And he says, 
and the sailors ate until they were full. And it wasn't long after that what happened. The word said that they thought they were coming to land and they would throw down the rope. There was 120 fathoms and a little bit further they tried to throw down the rope and it was 90 fathoms and they knew they were getting towards the shore. And said so the next minute what happened to the ship hits the rock and the front of the bow hits the rock the way smack on the back. Those that could swim, the, the, the captain which says go swim because they wanted to kill all the prisoners. And eventually the captain says all those that could swim jump overboard the rest of the grand planks and they drifted ashore, not one man injured. It's the most chaotic story of all. It doesn't even end there for Paul. Because now they're on shore and they decide to make a fire. And all the locals welcome them. I know it's a long story, but all the locals welcome them. And as Paul's making a fire, a viper comes out from a pile of wood and it bites him. And all of a sudden everyone thinks, well, this guy's definitely a murderer because only snakes bite murderers apparently in those days. <laughs> And the word says, and they watched Paul to see if he would die. <laughs> you know, I, I wish the word could say this. And Paul, and Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, shrugged off the viper. But it doesn't say that. But Paul must have been so full of the Holy Spirit. The word says that he took the viper, flicked it off into the fire. Everyone watching was waiting for him to die. I know, this is like a COVID story, I promise you. If you just let your mind wander a little bit. The word says that Paul suffered no ill effect from the viper. So then the people decide, no, he's not a murderer anymore. He must be a god. Because he got bitten by a snake. Now he's not dying. They're looking at him. He's not dying. And the word says that they can welcome him on this island. And as they can welcome him, the one main guy there, the most important guy, his father's ill. He's busy dying of high fever and stuff. And the word of God says that in the midst of all this chaos, Paul gets up and he goes and he prays for the man, he lays hands on the man, and instantly the man is healed. But that's not the best part of the story. The best part of the story is that everyone heard that the man was healed, and they brought all the sick, and they were all healed. Not even one or two, they were all healed. And I love the story because it carries on that Paul eventually gets to Rome, and he lives out, and he never gets to see Caesar, and he lives out his life preaching the gospel. And as I read the story, I thought, man, there's so much, there's so much in the situation, in the story, that we can relate to today, and relate to in our lives. You see, the problem in life, the way us as people is, we want to control everything. We as Christians believe that we're immune to bad stuff. We believe that, that if bad stuff happens to us, we've been punished. Or we say, oh, I'm really under attack. You know, the gearbox blows up, and then we say, well, we're getting exactly. We haven't served the gearbox for, for 350,000 days. But the devil blew up my gearbox, you know? You know, that, that, no power outage. Oh, Satan just testing our nation. No, 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 the ESCOM is testing our nation. <laughs> we, 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 and, and the more and more we speak to Christians, the more they become downtrodden about difficulties in life. But I've got to say this to you, life happens whether you're a believer or not. That God has created a separate world for believers and another world for unbelievers. That we go through exactly what unbelievers go through. We go through poverty, we go through hardship, we go through trials, we go through tribulation. We get sick, we die like normal people. The difference between them and us is where do we put our faith? Well, not even where do we put our faith, but where do we draw our strength from? 
You see, whenever we go through a hardship in life like Paul does, there's one thing you've got to understand. That, that every decision that you and I make, every decision that you and I make, there might not be a consequence to sin because Jesus died for our sins once and for all. But there is still a consequence to every decision that you and I make. But in life these days, we want to make a decision without God, and then if it falls apart, then we want to blame Him because it didn't work. Or we don't ask Him, we tell Him what we need Him to do. Four amens, thank you. The left hand side is sleeping this morning, completely. They're snoozing here this morning. But we've got to understand this, that not everything in life is out to destroy us. If there's one thing that I've learned during COVID, and it's this, that I need to make better decisions. And not just make better decisions, I need to take time to make better decisions. I cannot make spontaneous decisions. And I cannot make decisions as a believer without God in my life. Because otherwise I'm just going to mosey through life. And I'm going to be no different to the world out there. I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm still going to bump my toe. Don't worry about it. I'm still going to have my potatoes in my bandage, whether we like it or not. But there's something that God put in me. Like Paul says, that I was on this road. And he was on the road of destruction. He was on the road to warfare. He was on the road to destroy more believers. And in that instant, that light comes, that God changes his life forever. And in Paul's life changed, no. Go read that the, the disciples died. Half of them were hung upside down. Half of them were boiled alive. They were all destroyed. But just we think, well, I'm going to give my life to Jesus and now I'm going to be ancient and give me wild for the rest of my life. Let me tell you something. There's nothing more stirring than when you give your life to Jesus. Then, then, things really get challenging in your life. Why? Because we get called on our decisions. We get called on what decisions we've made. And you and I have got to understand that the word of God does say that God works all things to the good with those who love and believe in Him and accord according to His purpose. And yes, we get to make mistakes. And yes, we go again with God. But it still doesn't mean that God's going to turn out the way we want it to turn out. I mean, we were praying and we were fasting and we were prayer walking. You know, uh, how many months ago God removed this COVID? It's still around. And I'm still asking. Somebody said, why hasn't God removed this from the earth? And I still said the same thing. I said, do you believe the church has done enough for God to remove from the earth? Because this is our time to shine. This is our time where we can stand up and be counted in our nation. Now, I'm not speaking about go be silly and do silly things. But what I'm saying is there's a faith that has to rise up in you and me. And in this process that you and I are going through as believers, people should see something different in our lives. You know what's crazy about this COVID? Is that people are more upset about the alcohol and cigarette ban than they were about the fact that we didn't even have food in the country or that churches were closed. A nation that professes that 96% of our nation believe in God and the Bible. We were going to court over alcohol and cigarettes, but we weren't going to court over Bible over why the church was closed. We didn't even worry about the fact that casinos and everything else were open, but we were closed. And someone on the church, this church became so silent. We just took what came our way. We just, we just, well, you know, one of those things, you know, well, you know, we've got 50 people, we've got 50 people, we've got 50 games, we've got and, and I'm not being critical, but what I'm saying is, in this process, we have to learn how to be better at what we do. 
And how do we get at what we do is so important. And we, and we read this in Paul here. You know, Paul says an incredible thing. He says, um, in, in chapter 27, and I'm going to read up on this a bit, but he says, the storm was so severe, and I love this piece, and it might not mean much to you, but it meant so much to me. He said, the storm was so severe that there was no way that the sailors could turn the ship into the wave. Now, anybody that knows a boat, you, you go into a wave. You don't go sideways, you don't go backwards, you go into a wave. And he said they got to a place where it was so bad that they just had to let the ship go. That means that the ship just could go wherever it wanted to go. That's an incredible statement because I believe in my heart right now that that is such a word in season for you and I. That God just said, let it go. Let it go. Stop trying to control this thing. Stop trying to control your family. Stop trying to control your marriage. Control your work situation. Whatever it is that you're going through. Allow God to be God in your life. The second point that it caught me was that he said that threw all the tackle and everything overboard. And I think there's one thing that you and I must learn in this season. And that there's some things that we need to get rid of in our lives. Because let me tell you something. Some of us are hanging on to stuff from years and years and years ago. Most of us are hanging on to unforgiveness and hatred and bitterness and, and all this animosity stuff. And we really need to let that stuff go. This has been the perfect season for God just to heal us, to restore us. I want to come out of this thing a new person. You know, I, I, I'm trusting God that He's going to really empty me completely of the things that hold me back before COVID. That as I come out of COVID, that I come out of COVID empty, ready for Him to fall. Yes, we've all been challenged. Yes, we've all got things in the past. Oh, Kirk, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what they've done to me. And, and really, that's not an excuse anymore. Because Jesus can say the same thing about you. And I, I really wanted to speak on the voyage of life this morning. To touch base. And now I'm going to end up now now. But it's really been a challenge for me. Because I think for me it's been the most phenomenal year of my life. It has. And let me tell you something. I knew that I was in a rut last year. Year before last already. I knew that I was moving through life. I knew that we were just existing. I knew we were just doing, hello my love, how are you? How are you? I was work, good. I was church, oh, we had so many people, I was eating up, oh, we made budget. And it's easy. Many of us can just cruise through life. Cruise through life. Keep our own bad habits. And, and there's one thing that I've learned in this season is this. There's a word that says, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. <laughs> Some people's hearts are. I mean, it's just a whole new level of aggression in our nation right now. You notice that? <laughs> hey? We were fighting with Coca-Cola at the moment. I don't know who's that. There's a whole new level of aggression. There's a whole new level. And you know why? Because God wants to purge your heart. And if you don't allow God to purge your heart, I promise you the devil will use that rotten heart of yours to make you look terrible to the rest of the around you. You can't confess one thing on Facebook and act up an animal in human life. The two have to line up, and that's what God wants to do. That God wants your Sunday good to be exactly the same as your Monday to Saturday good. And that's a challenge for many of us. Because you know what? A lot of us speak out of pain and anger and hurt and bitterness. And if we don't get rid of that junk inside of us, it will keep coming out. 
We will say horrible things. We will treat people badly. And yet I still believe without a shadow of a doubt hey, that this is the most profound season in history. I love it. God has pushed pause on the world. God has pushed pause on the church. You know, it's like that, it's like that two minute break between rounds in a boxing match. You know, just to wipe off the blood, have a sip of water, you know, I just listen to what the coach has got to say. I feel like that's where we are. I feel like we're in the battle for our lives. I believe that the return of Jesus is soon. And when I say soon, I'm not saying next week, Wednesday. You hear what I'm saying? Because I think there's still too much for the church to do. But we're in the final days. We're in the final hours. And God is looking for a people. A people that are prepared to change. A people that are prepared to turn their lives around the church. That has to look different than before. And I believe, as those words that Paul spoke to those sailors, that he said, he said some of things, he says, now I urge you to take heart. Listen to this. For there will be no loss of life amongst you, but only ships. And he speaks to him, he says, the thing that you're in right now might be destroyed. But you're going to be fine. And sometimes I think we're going to allow God to destroy the thing we need. To change our hearts. Your marriage maybe has to be revisited. Your walk with God, I've been so challenged in this. Because I thought I was a really good pastor up until the other day. You know? I, I did the stuff. I now pray for you guys and now again, you know, I read the Bible, I preached on Sundays. And last week Kathy was begging me, she hasn't been on TV for a while, please get on her beach, no casino, no casino, wait till she wants to be on TV, you know. Look, okay Kathy, you can preach, then that's fine, you know. But I sat there and I had the beef off because I didn't have to prepare. And let me tell you, about Thursday my mind was saying, hey, you need to prepare something. And my other brain was saying, no, you don't prepare anything, you're off, buddy. And I found myself, like, just relaxing so much. That I almost my wife and just went quiet. And I'm like, wait a minute, are, are you doing this because you have to? Or you doing this because you love what God is doing in your life and you love Him? And I'm 21 years, 24 years in ministry. And I get challenged like that in my desk, and God says, Hey, what are you doing? Are you doing this because you love me or are you doing this because you have to? And I have to be honest with you, I was doing it because I had to. And I hate this online stuff. And I hate this camera and I hate this recording stuff. Because it feels like it's a job to me. And you know, there's my desk, I actually repent and say, Father, I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. So sorry that I've gotten to this place where I've just become like the rest of the world. You know, just cruising through life right now, just getting your paycheck at the end of the month, just doing what needs to be done. We lost the purpose that God has called us to. To go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And we become comfortable in this boat. We become comfortable in this boat. Yes, the storm is raging out there, but, but it's okay because we've got our boat. And I believe God is saying to the Lord, you be careful. Your ship will be lost, but you'll be fine. And this is not a bad message, but listen to me. Some of you are going to lose your ship. Some of you are about to lose the thing that you're comfortable with. Some of you are going to lose the thing that you're complacent with. 
And it might be your marriage that's going to be challenged. It might be your, 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 your relationship with God that's going to be challenged. It might be your finances. But you are going to be okay. You see, we spend our whole life fighting. Fighting just to stay adrift. To stay afloat. And sometimes God doesn't even want us in that boat. But we stuck there because we can't believe in the boat. Who knows what I'm talking about? Those been married for more than a month? No, stuck. <laughs> Nobody told us it was going to be this stuff, you know? But I want to challenge you. You were told it. I said, just let the boat go. Just let the boat go. We're going to be fine. Don't worry. Our lives will be safe. Yes, we're going to lose our boat, but we will be fine. And it's been such a challenge to me this week and say, God, am I in the right boat? Because sometimes I think we're in other people's boats. And sometimes we just hang on to this dinghy for dear life because it's the only thing we know. You know? And, and here we hang on to this dinghy, and if we look to the right, God's got a, a yacht for us available. But now we don't want the yacht, we want the dinghy. Sometimes just need to let it go. You should let it go. It's the hardest thing that human beings have to do is to let something go. This is why values that time has got to be taken from you to be removed from you. Because we hang on to things like, you know, virtual work at the end of the day. And I want to challenge you this morning. Let's have a look at where we are. We must have learned something the last three hundred years. Something must have changed in our lives. The calling of God must be stronger in our lives than ever before. The calling to make a difference in this world must be stronger in our lives than ever before. To tell people about Jesus must be stronger than ever before in our lives. But we want to come out of this situation better, bigger, and bolder. And I want to encourage each of you take this week, take this week to discover what it is that God's saying to you. Get into the Word of God and stop reading the Bible like this for your wife or for a sermon. You know what I mean? Maybe you see the scripture, I repeat for you. It's for you. And we never read the Word for me. For me. Why? Because we all think we're in such a good space in our lives right now. But I want to tell you now, things are going to get better. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Things are going to change. But I'll tell you something, I'm going to get back into life better than I was before, stronger than I was before, bolder than I was before. And I'm going to trust God for the impossible in your life and in my life. When we gather together soon as a family, I want this place to erupt. Not because we're gathering together, to erupt because of the presence of God that is in this house. 